0: Money FM 89.3 Best of Workday Afternoon Market View on Money FM 89.3 Good afternoon and welcome to Market View on this Monday. It is an interesting week. We start uh, the first work week with Singapore in doscon orange. Next to me from Money FM 89.3 as well is JP Ong. It's been interesting.
1: We are, I think we say this about every week in the markets. And I don't know if it's interesting or a bit harrowing, actually. I mean, the fact that we are seeing a lot of volatility and uncertainty in the markets... Uh, from the continued spread of the novel coronavirus, uh, I would say I would characterize it a bit a bit more uh, a bit more more concerning actually from my point of view. And mind you, also I think uh, the direction of the markets might be one of the lesser of our worries mm-hmm. because we're talking about human lives here. We're talking about actual people getting sick, right? This will also crimp on economic growth and also the future of some of these companies, and provide some we hope temporary turbulence and uncertainty for these companies. But while that's happening, we're seeing markets starting to pull back again. So this week, we guessed it. We're starting at the red. The Straits Times Index at one point fell by about 1%. We've steadied ourselves, but we're still dealing with a 23-point loss. We're now at 3,157 heading into the afternoon session. The rest of the region also looking equally red. Uh, and we're seeing sell-offs pretty uh, across the board. Um, not big ones, that is, but still many um, markets are still tr- treading in the red. The Nikkei 225 is down by about 150 points. The ASX 200 also 10 points lower today. Shanghai and Shenzhen, not as uh, big uh, a pullback as we expected. A number of uh, Chinese uh, uh, provinces, they're at, uh, their citizens, at least in these provinces, they're returning to work uh, this week. I think a good number of them are actually coming back from those extended lunar near holidays that some of these provinces rolled out. But you're seeing at least Shanghai down by about 4.5 points, Shenzhen down by 23 points. I posit that the most heavily hit market today is Hong Kong. You're seeing them actually down by about 1% today. It could also be down to some of the some of the, the, uh, the heartbreaking news, if I can characterize it as that, with that family of nine that actually caught the novel coronavirus from a hotpot dinner, right? Mm-hmm. And I think it also just raised the number of cases there. And you can see just how sensitive markets are to uh, Uh, The number of cases that are that that rise, or if there are new cases, especially when there's a big jump, we also saw something similar with the Nikkei two two five when they had that uh, confirmation of those uh, of those uh, dozens of cases. of uh, of the coronavirus that were detected on that cruise ship that they luckily had under quarantine off of the docks, off of the port of Yokohama. But you can see just how it's really shaped market sentiment all for the worse. Everyone's trading lower today. Markets, uh, thankfully, the sell-off is not as big as, say, last Monday. But nevertheless, we're all solidly in the red, including us here in Singapore.
0: Well, you know, they just came back from their extended Lunar New Year. The Lunar New Year is finally finished uh, as of the weekend Yes uh, And we are coming into our first work week on doscon on Orange yes. It'll be interesting to see how that affects the companies that we're talking about and their business continuity plans, and and how disruptive all of that actually think, could be. I
1: think that's exact. That's uh, you hit the nail on the head there. I mean, business continuity. Can you actually return to normal? Especially if a number of your companies are either doing team splits, or if your companies are doing, or actually just shutting down operations altogether just to avoid the potential spread of mm-hmm. the disease. And we and rightfully so. The uh, the health and the uh, the health of your employees should be paramount number sure. 1 right and the health of uh, citizens in general should be paramount also um but it will drag and i think we've seen it actually t- uh, hit tourism a number of uh, i believe Fitch Fitcher and Moody's actually said that we're going to see the brunt of the of a possible slowdown here in Singapore in february because of the because of the restricted number of Tourists that might come into this into the country over the next couple of months. We also have the folks at Citigroup now saying that we might see a further uh, slowdown, at least for the semiconductor and the and the construction and the uh, manufacturing industry here in Singapore, and that uh, this is really going to cut into that strong recovery we saw at the start mm-hmm. of uh, or mm-hmm. that prom- let's not call it strong, promising, promising. recovery, promising recovery in January, and it it knocks the wind out if you really when you're just getting back up and suddenly another uh, a quick. Left hits you across the chin and puts you back down on the canvas at the moment. They're saying this could curtail production in the semiconductor industry and all the factories here that are linked to the global supply chains of the semiconductor industry. You could see production curtailed for February and March also because of disruptions on both the supply and the demand side. It's hitting the semiconductor industry. It's hitting the automotive industry. Who would have thought that this virus was strong enough to paralyze the production of Hyundai out in out in South Korea, and they've said, "Hey guys, we have no car parts at the moment. We're working with the Chinese authorities to try and ramp it up." But understandably, Chinese authorities are also a bit reluctant to have some of these uh, companies come back online because they're. If anybody's more worried about a potential further spreading of this novel coronavirus, it's got to be some of the folks out in the mainland, right? So. Uh, this is something they're warning also. And we, we just have to watch out for how it's going to hit semiconductor imports and then the disruption in China's demand for these semiconductor imports. It could hit some of the supply chains here and some of the factories here in Singapore that are part of that supply chain. And it could last for about two months because these things, again, as we mentioned, are a bit sticky also.
0: You know, what's interesting is we talk about this. We've been talking about this for a while, and how it could affect business and what have you. I actually had it driven home in reality Because I had put an order in for a new laptop from uh, Lenovo, Uh and uh, I was supposed to receive it uh, next week. I just got an email this morning from Lenovo saying, uh, because our plant's at half capacity, it could be another three weeks or more. Sorry. Sorry.
1: And talk, hey, of, talk, talk about another uh, gadget that needs <laughs> <laughs> need some of these chips also, and right, and I wouldn't be surprised if Lenovo's getting hit. Uh, luckily, uh, one of the biggest uh, assemblers of uh, iPhones, electronic parts, Foxconn, otherwise known as Hon Precision, it seems they've got an okay OKT their plant in Zhengzhou, China. So mm. this plant mm. is important also because it's about 500 kilometers south of Hubei Province. Right, they were they they were closed under uh, in the interest of keeping folks safe and trying to be. Conservative about this, about the spread of this virus, or these, or the further spread of this outbreak. Um, they have received approval to resume production in one of their plants in Zhengzhou, and uh, which has about ten percent of their uh, of their workforce in Zhengzhou. About sixteen thousand people have returned to the plant at the moment, and so there is some hope that maybe some of these factories are going to come back, but. You have to put yourself in the shoes of some of these factory managers, right? Um, r- yes, I. On one hand, I really would. Lo- I'm chopping at the bit to restart uh, production because there's a number of supplies and also a number of workers who are probably staying at home, going, "Hey, boss, we're not getting our paychecks at the moment, mm-hmm. and, Can we want, come back? and we want and we want to you want to refire the fir- uh, you want to fire up the furnaces again, but. Can you really afford to do that if every waking moment you're wondering if uh, someone's sneezing on that on that plant if it's going to further spread things if you're going to catch it as well. Right. And if you are doing a disservice to your society by keeping your factory, it's a very tough judgement call. I'm not taking any sides there, but it's a very hard predicament and really tests the managerial mettle of anybody who's running a factory. I'm sure some of the uh, some of the factory uh, owners and managers here in Singapore are running through the same thing and we can only hope that they can that they make their decisions with prudence and also taking into account all of these uh, all of this. Because hey, we would love to see you guys go come back online. But
0: I'd like my laptop sooner than later. There you are, yes, yes,
1: but maybe not the expense of somebody no, getting absolutely sick. Absolutely right? not. Yeah. Right. So there.
0: All right, so let's come back to a little bit of Singapore based news. Sure. Hyflux announced that non executive independent director Simon Tay has resigned voluntarily due to his inability to fulfill his duties as an independent director. Well,
1: now it beca- now the thing is, there's now a conflict of interest also because Simon Tay is a senior consultant at Wong Partnership, which mm. has been one of the longtime law firms representing Hyflux as they try to secure their debt financing, as they try to uh, find ways to extend the debt moratorium. And we did hear last month that uh, both that Wong Partnership, or the nice ones Wong P, cited a loss of confidence and trust in Hyflux. With regards to extending the debt moratorium, you know, and, and trying to also secure some of that rescue financing, Highflux hit them back and said, "We also have a we have a loss of confidence in you guys." And they went on to appoint Clifford Chance and Kavanaugh Law as their new legal advisors. So the thing is, Mr. Tay, as a senior consultant, there is a clear conflict of interest now here if he stays on the board because um, when you cite a loss of confidence, they're not exactly the prettiest words, and it possibly also just uh, just made it impo- made it difficult to maintain a decent working relationship. there. So he has actually said that because of this, because of these unresolved differences in opinion, he has decided to discharge himself from representing the water treatment firm and sitting on their board of directors. And understandably so. And uh, this follows a Facebook post. From uh, Mr. Simon Tay, where he said that he said that it, he would be recusing himself at Hyflux and not taking part in any discussion or decision related to Wong Partnership or Wong P, as it's as, as it's called here. He's just deciding to step down at the moment. Um, we're not sure if this is going to derail Hyflux's ability to maintain the rescue financing that they're they I believe they secured it already from from Utico, mm. but you also have the folks at Aqua Munda well, that, coming up to these things. But this is rapidly
0: changing all the time as well.
1: It's rapidly changing. Also, on top of that, they also have disagreements with someone who's supposed to represent them in the legal arena, and they have a lot of legal issues to sort out. Also, debt moratoriums they have to extend. Questions from the court as to how they, whether they manage their their finances and their funding properly or, or or improperly. Also, it's just another wrinkle, I guess, in the story that we need to clear up. And I'm sure the folks at the Securities Investor Association of Singapore, probably very busy right now trying to deal with all this and trying to make sure that, hey, you know what, are the retail investors being taken care of as we trudge through this long, drawn-out saga?
0: Right. Okay, let's end uh, this segment today on uh, a happy, well, okay, not happy, but cheeky note Sure, (laughs) sure. Now, we did see a bit of a run (laughs) on groceries around Singapore. So I'm just wondering how some of those grocers who are listed are doing today. So there's
1: one grocer you really just have to keep track of and that's uh, Sheng mm-hmm. mm-hmm. it, It's interesting because a few months ago there was talk of Sheng and some of these grocers maybe benefiting should there be fiscal and monetary stimulus from the budget right. that might lend to some consumer confidence and thus buoy their operations and the demand for this. Well, Sheng up but for a different uh, case. I mean, I, I believe you were telling me about uh, visits to your supermarkets and your mm-hmm. grocers this mm-hmm. weekend. Um, my roommate w- just wanted a can of sardines and uh it and was thank spam heavens spam for me spam for you he just wanted a can of sardines and he went in and the and thank thank heavens he's got long limbs <laughs> and there was one can of sardine left at the very back of the shelf but there was one and he was able to grab that one can that was it but basically the, uh, many of these uh supermarkets i don't know if he had the same a similar experience basically a lot of them were cleaned out People were Well, I heard,
0: I heard and I saw the long lines and I wasn't about to join them. So I just your, went to your visual my,
1: confirmation was all you needed.
0: Uh, visual confirmation was all I needed. So I went to my regular little mom and pop provision store, which I love to support anyway, little yes, small businesses. Absolutely. But because they were Muslim, they had absolutely no idea what spam was and clearly they didn't stock oh, it.
1: Well, yes. And uh, uh, would you say that the smaller grocers were less affected?
0: I think that there was a less of a run on them because the crowds weren't there. Mm. So it was business as usual. The customers who usually go there went there. I might not even want to be saying this in case it causes a rush towards them. Yes. But, or maybe they need that that rush. Maybe. But uh, I think things have, have uh, uh, saner minds have, have reigned and I think that will settle. I know NTUC has put in uh, limits to what each individual can buy. But I was just wondering how it affected their stocks today. Well,
1: NTUC we don't have him at the moment on the SGS, yes, but uh, Sheng is a clear uh, barometer sure. of that. Their share price is up by four point one percent today. That's a five cent gain for a stock that's now at one dollar and twenty eight cents. Also, one of the, let me see if I if I count this right, they are the ninth most heavily traded offer in terms of value turnover today. And you seldom see some sheng, sheng, among uh, trading uh, with such heavy turnover and with so, so much Check. trading activity. But they've definitely captured the minds of many traders today. They're up there, but across the board, you're still seeing losses from the likes of DBS. The big three banks are all se- paring back by more than 1%. Here, uh, and not, not surprisingly, Medtech International, again, among the six most heavily traded offers, they're up by 20% today. Surprisingly... Yang Zichang shipbuilding, which is seen as being very sensitive to any slowdowns from China and any volatility that's emerging from the mainland, well, their share price is up by half a percent today. So looking a lot more steady, at least, for the for the Chinese shipbuilder. But uh, there are some interesting stocks that are re- that are reacting to some of these developments more acutely than others. Sheng Xiong happening to be one of them, and it's bumping the share price up, at least. But I think uh, as long as if we see more of these events... Um it'll be interesting to see if uh, they reference this at, say, their first quarter or their next quarterly earnings report and mm-hmm. say, you know, we did see a, a jump in revenue, but it was for more, uh, if I may use the word, harrowing circumstances again.
0: Well, I think that it was just a, a natural panic reaction oh, yes. for some people. And I, and I really do believe that after very strong encouragement from the government not to panic and the big grocery stores themselves that uh, things should get back to normal. And
1: I think this is when you uh, see if your leaders are actually doing their jobs and earning their suppers, right? If they're coming in and just and trying to at least lead a population that maybe is a, is a bit scared. Maybe he's yep. a little bit worried. And rightfully so, right? It, but it, it, it tests the metal of, of leadership as well. I think some of the words we've seen from some of the government officials have been very timely over the weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, hopefully it, it does have a strong effect, at least over the next couple of days. I, but,
0: I, I believe that it will because when I walked by my uh, neighborhood NTUC this morning and things seem to get back to normal. So to uh,
1: I hope so. I, hope so. And I, hope I it's want just my not, spam is all I'm but, saying. But could, could it also be because a lot of these folks who are worried about buying, they just stock up on the weekend? And they don't have time today.
0: I, I don't need 16 cans of it. One would be nice. No,
1: that's what my roommate, uh, Dominique, said. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. Well, this has been Market View on Money FM 89.3 with JP Ong. I'm Clarissa Montero. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg